I'm looking forward uh, to what God is going to do this morning in the house. I, I had the message uh, prepared before we went. I was expecting to have a long week. Um, and, and so I, I had the message prepared for today. So how many know God already knew what we were going to talk about this morning a week ago? Now, I'm not going to tell you I didn't make some adjustments um, from, what, uh, from, from exactly what he said to what we have this morning. Uh, and I did that with the power and the spirit of God driving that. Listen, if you're hearing my words today, you're wasting your time. I got, word, I got news for you. If you're just listening to some guy get up and talk, there's a whole lot better speakers than me. But if it's through the power of the Spirit that's doing the work, there's nothing that's going to outdo the power of God. Nothing. Nothing. So I'm going to ask you this morning. I promise we're not going to be three hours. I promise. And probably won't even be two hours. But I don't want you to worry about the clock. I want you to stay engaged this morning because I believe that God has a, an intended point and purpose for this morning's service. And you say, well, we've already went through three weeks of sharing our story, and, and I know we have, and this is week four. I believe there's something about to change this morning. And the trick of the enemy is to get you distracted to where you lose focus, where you lose attention, where you think about what's for lunch, when you think about what's going to happen during the week, do me a favor. Just, just this morning, do me a favor. Watch God. Hear what he wants to tell you today. And I believe you're going to be touched. Amen? Amen. This morning as we come into week four of sharing your story, I just want to go through a few things from last week. Uh, again, I'm not going to ask you to remember what was last week because some of you don't remember lunch yesterday. I'm one of those people, amen, sometimes. Um, but last week, we talked about our walk matching our talk. We talked about no fish tails when we share our story. We talked about share it, live it, and sow it. Some of you are like, that's right. I remember that. But most importantly, we talked about everybody. Somebody say everybody has a story, and it's time to share yours. Hold on, it got quiet. It, it happens every time. Somebody say everybody has a story, and it's time to share yours. Amen. And this morning, we're going to go to the verse that we've used, and then we're going to go to another spot, and then we'll pray. Uh, Acts chapter 1 verse 8 says but you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you shall be my witnesses telling people about me in a few places when you feel like it wait 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 that must have been the wrong telling people about me everywhere somebody say everywhere 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 in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, and Samaria, and to the ends of the earth. And we learned in week one that that's not talking about us going to those countries. It's talking about our community, our city, our state, our United States, and then our world. Amen? So wherever you go, even at Walmart, somebody say, you need to share your story. 
But we're going to go to another passage. Job. Somebody say Job. Some people say Job. Spelled the same way, but it's Job. Chapter 1, verses 1 and 3. 1 through 3. It says, In the land of Uz there lived a man whose name was Job. This man was blameless and upright. He feared God and shunned evil. He had seven sons, three daughters. How many know he needed prayer right there? Listen, I've got two. And, and if he had to give a dowry for, or, or not, is it, what do they call that? When they give camels and donkeys and all. Amen. I, I don't have enough camels to give Isaiah for Allie right now. But he had seven sons, three daughters, and he owned 7,000 sheep, 3,000 camels, 500 yoke of oxen, and 500 donkeys, and a large number of servants. He was the greatest man among the people of the East. We hear all the things that he had, but I want you to look at the first thing that it said. He was blameless and upright, and he feared God. Amen. Let's pray. Father, I thank you for this day. I thank you for us coming in and worshiping and lifting you up. I thank you, God, for those that are in this building, for those that are watching online. Lord, I believe today that you're going to touch people in this house. I am confident this morning that sharing our story you find is so important that God today you are going to minister to your people through the power of your spirit Lord hide me behind your cross let your words be spoken today in Jesus name and everybody said amen thank you Dylan uh, th this may seem like a strange area of scripture uh, to use about sharing your story. Because I want to tell you this. I want to just be very upfront and honest. There is no one in this house, no matter what you've been through, no matter what you're going through, that has been through what Job went through. Amen. You say, well, it's been awful close. I'm going to tell you that you haven't, and we'll go through some things this morning. But I believe the Lord wants to use this morning to help somebody. Look at your neighbor and say, he's going to help you today. Not just so we can help others and share our story, but I believe this morning that God is going to break something that has been holding you back from seeing God's best in your life. You say, well, pastor, my life is good. I want you to understand, we don't know how good God wants our life. You say, well, my life is bad. God wants your life better. His desire is for us to do well. This morning, each of us have different stories. If I ask you to tell me your story, your story would be much different than somebody else's, and theirs would be different than somebody else's. We all got here different ways, but we all have a story. 
What I want to do this morning, and this is going to change you up a little bit because most of you say, well, I thought the video would come at the end. I want to start today with a quick video. Now, this is a perfect opportunity if you want to zone out that the devil will let you. Stay connected here because I promise you, the video is going to go with the message and it's going to tie together. So stay focused in the house today. This video this morning is actually my stepfather um, and, and my mom and him actually recently, well, I say recently, it's been three, four years, I think, that they got married. And um, he is such a blessing uh, to our lives. But I want you to understand, and I didn't even know the complexity of this man's story. He's been here a number of times. Uh, again, couldn't be here today, but I want you to watch his story. Get ready to connect. You know, when I gave my heart to the Lord in the burn unit, he changed my heart totally, 180. My name's Mark Rice, and this is my story. I grew up in the Methodist church. Uh, my mom took me to Sunday school. Uh, and lived a normal life, worked, you know, with my dad, did odd and end stuff. Got into school, was about 15, 16, started drinking, started getting high. Uh, that led into pretty much weekend drunk all the time. I went to AA because I got busted, you know, PIs few PIs on my record. You know, I've got sobriety from October of 83 until now. Uh, this is, you know, first part of September of 22. So, you know, I haven't had a touch of alcohol since. I've been around people that get high. You know, that's not for me, but, you know, he delivered me a cigarettes, nicotine. That's one of the hardest things to quit too. He did that in 90. And I just one day asked myself, if I want to be an alcoholic or do I want to be a dad? So I stepped up to the plate and with God's help. In 1983, I got into a power line, 7,200 volts. Fell 20 feet, landed on my back on top of my truck, bucket truck, I was doing tree work. Uh, then I rolled off the truck onto the ground and ended up flying lifeline all the way to, well, from Kokomo to Wishart Hospital. The doctor said I probably died. And then uh, when I smacked the top of the truck, when I fell 20 feet, that got my heart going again. Electricity went in my right hand, and you can see where it went in. And then it came out my left arm. I had my hand on a hydraulic lever and then a chainsaw, which a chainsaw made ground. That's how that electric went through me. When I got to the burn unit, I asked the ER doctor if I was going home that weekend. He said, no, you're gonna be here for a while. He says, your injuries are pretty critical. So ended up about, a, I think it was a day or two later, a man from West Melton uh, came, said the sinner's prayer with me. 
And from that day forward, my whole life changed. I've had between 53 and 58 surgeries, skin grafts, debridements, uh, skin flap. That's where they took this little piece of skin from my left arm, put it on my right arm, and I was pinned like this for 30 days inside the burn unit before they cut my arm off because I knew I was going to get it cut off. My accident happened in July 27th of 83, and they didn't cut my arm off until October. Like I say, then after I got out of the burn unit, God did amazing things. I mean, I could sit here, you know, for a long time telling you what all Jesus done for me, but he changed my heart right off the bat. And then he just started taking one sin at a time. Back in 2012, I believe, was in a car wreck. Flew her. She flew out of the car, got ejected out of little S10. Uh, I broke my neck, fifth and sixth vertebrae. And I had two screws and a plate put in. My wife was like 20 feet away from the truck and prayed to prayer of faith over her like a couple of times. First time, you know, I was like, Jesus, it's just me and you and the Holy Spirit because I never had. You know, the Word of God says if two or more shall agree, I never had the second person until he came on the scene and then the paramedic, he was a Christian and he prayed with me over her too, but they flew her lifeline right then and then took me to the hospital and then found out I had a broken neck and then, you know, she ended up committing herself to the Lord and in 2017 she got cancer and she passed and months later I met another lady that just literally you know, she was a good Christian lady and you know, God's been watching out for me so I gotta say this you know my first wife was named Teresa and God knows how I am so he blessed me with another lady her name was Teresa too so <laughs> three times I about died once from the electric once about bled to death in my room and then another time in the operating room uh, the scripture says if you catch the thief he owes you sevenfold during your lifetime so that's 21 lifetimes he owes me <laughs> count on the word I got about 60 acres, and but before that, I was praying for these 60 acres. Uh, a friend of mine, his name Roy, he's a uh, minister in Israel, praise and worship. Anyway, super nice guy. Anyway, he came up, and it's uh, when I first met him, I believe. But God laid on my heart to take a little dish of dirt from that field that I walked in. I picked it up, put it in a bowl. Uh, we met at Golden Corral. Roy, Pastor Paul, and a few others. Well, the Word of God says, two or more shall agree as far as touching anything, it shall be done. Well, God gave the desire of my heart about 40 years later. I mean, I've been wanting this piece of land for 40 years. 
we prayed. I mean, yes, there was times I doubted and everything else. But I've got that 60 acres now, and I just pray to God because that's another thing that God's blessed me with. This is the dirt of me and Roy from Israel and Pastor Paul uh, about five or six other people in Golden Corral prayed over. Because the Word of God says, if two or more shall agree, it shall be done. And praise God, 40 years later, He gave me the desires of my heart. Your story is important to somebody because they're going through it too. Don't give up. I mean, life can beat you down, but Jesus you know, gave His life so we could have life. The only thing I truly regret in my life, I never gave Jesus Christ my heart sooner. We'll get more into that here in a moment. I'm thankful that uh, Mark took the time to come and share his story with us. As we go and we look at our, our scripture today in Job verses 1 through 3, we'll find that, that he had, uh, he was living the dream. Let's just be real. Job was living the dream. He had wealth. How many would like some wealth? Okay. Now listen, we can go three hours this morning if you want to. How many would like some wealth? Somebody, some wealth, financial wealth. That'd be all right. Listen, the the it's not the money that's the issue. It's the heart that's the issue. All right. He had health. He had family. And, was the, and most importantly, he feared God and shunned or pushed away evil. What a story about a man who was walking uprightly before God and being blessed. How many understand there's a, there's a blessing when you walk uprightly before the Lord? You say, well, that was the Old Testament. I'm going to tell you the New Testament's the same way. If you walk uprightly before God, he's going to bless you. But within a matter of six verses, 13 through 19, Job's story begins to change. And, and, and we find that, come on, there we go. We find that a servant comes and he tells Job, he says, hey, your oxens, oxen and your donkeys were stolen. And your servant that was with them is dead. All of them except for me, I escaped and I'm come to tell you. And then another one comes, another servant comes and says, hey, Job, your sheep and the servants that were keeping your sheep except for me, they're all gone. I'm the only one that escaped to be able to tell you. Next thing happens, somebody knows what this is going to happen. The camels, they were stolen and the servants all taken away, killed, except for one. And then finally, another servant comes running. And by this time, if you're thinking like me, I'd be like, no more servants, thank you very much. I don't want to talk to you today. Finally, another servant comes and he says, a mighty wind come and caused your house to collapse. And it killed your sons and it killed your daughters and it killed all your servants except for me. Everybody's gone. 
Within a matter of time, a short amount of time, Job lost his wealth. Job lost his family. Did someone say that's a bad bad day? A bad day. Say, well, I'm sure he had insurance. I don't believe there was good hands back then other than God's hands. And can I tell you today, the same hands that you need to put your stuff in is his. Nothing wrong with insurance. I believe in insurance. Don't get me wrong. But I do believe it's important to put your stuff in God's hands, not in all states. Probably better watch that. I'm in trouble online. But literally, in a moment, Job lost those things. Job did something that amazes me. Because if those things would have happened, and listen, let's just be real today. If those things would have happened in your life, I don't think we would have necessarily done everything that Job did. Because the Bible says that Job fell to the ground in worship and said, The Lord gives and the Lord takes away. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Think about that. And then Job, after blessing the Lord, is afflicted. So he'd already lost his wealth. He had lost his family. And now he is afflicted in his body. Doesn't give a name of the affliction, but he had sores, the Bible says, from the sole of his feet to the top of his head. Sores. And it talks about in the Bible that he was taking broken piece of pottery and he was scraping the scabs on his body. And you say, well, why would he do that? He should not, you, show, you shouldn't itch something when it scratches. How many's ever had poison ivy before? How many's had a, a little rash and you just, you know you're not supposed to scratch it, but you just go, okay, I'm not going to do it anymore. But Job is taking and scraping with pottery. His health is now afflicted. And, and then comes Job's wife. She comes and she begins to question him. She's like, what is wrong with you? How are you blessing God? How are you thanking God? You've lost everything. Why don't you just curse God and die? So encouraging. Just curse God and die. And then he had some friends. How many know friends are just as bad sometimes? There were three friends that come, and these three friends come, and they don't even, as they're walking up, recognize what Job and who Job is. They sat on the ground with him, the Bible says, for seven days and seven nights and didn't say a word. That's awkward. Amen. How, how many know that's, that's awkward? I understand not having the words to say for a, a little bit. Seven days and seven nights. His buddies come up. They don't talk about, you know, the stone ball that's going on. Because they didn't have football back then. I'm sure they had some type of game. They didn't talk about that. And then his friends accuse him 
of doing something, having sin in his life against God, and that's the reason all this stuff's happening. So get this. He lost his wealth. He lost his family. He lost his health. His wife says, curse God and die. His friends say, you must be sinning. That's the problem. And this is where we go today because I want you to understand there is a right time to share your story. If someone would have come up to Mark, who we watched his video today, if someone would have come up to Mark the day after he got in the burn unit, after he had 7,200 volts of electricity go through his body, knowing that he was going to lose his right arm, falling 20 feet onto a truck, And someone would say, can you tell me your story? How many know it probably wouldn't have been real good? If someone would have come up to Job and said, Job, tell me your story. He said, well, I lost all my wealth. And and I lost all my family. And you can see I've got all kinds of issues on my body physically. And my wife don't like me and my friends don't like me. At that point, how many be like, let's go serve God? Some of y'all need to put a smile on your face. Look at your neighbor and smile real quick. We might hear like a cracking sound in the house. But we gotta be, we got to make sure we share our story at the right time. And I'll be honest with you today. I was praying, and I said, Lord, uh, I really feel like people may not be receiving this series. I said, God, I, 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 don't, I don't, I'm not hearing a lot of things. And understand, I'm not basing it on what people say to me, but I can watch people's reactions. I can see people going. I know sometimes it's medication. I get it. Uh. But I said, Lord, I'm trying to understand because I know this is what you wanted us to do. We We have worked hard on this series and we have done everything we're supposed to do. God, why are we not seeing people get excited about sharing their story. And you're not going to like what he said. He said, unlike Job, who blessed me, many have become bitter in their story. Yes, Jesus has moved in their life. Yes, God has saved them. But the trauma is still holding them. It's like people have a story on the inside, but the devil's got a clamp on the lips of the people through bitterness. God should be getting the glory out of our lives and out of the story in our lives. But the devil has shut your story down because the drama and the trauma and the bitterness is in your house. Say, Pastor, I, I don't I do not like that. But don't let yourself get bitter. 
I said, okay, I understand, Lord. I, I get that. And, and I, how many know sometimes life's hard? I want you to know today that, 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 that uh, Mark, it, it, that guy is still today one of the hardest working men I've ever met in my life. Between him and Pastor Broja, the two hardest working people I've ever seen in my life. He gets up at 4 o'clock in the morning every day and goes and works and trims trees and climbs in buckets, still owns a company with his son. And they still work. And he's got a hook and a hand that barely works. And he's still doing something. He's still working hard. He could have easily gotten bitter and said, but, but God, why did you do this? He didn't get bitter. He allowed God to use his story. Not only is bitterness stopping people from sharing their story, but there's another five-letter word this morning that's stopping. It's called shame. Shame is a weapon that the enemy is using to silence people's stories today. Yes, God has saved you. Yes, God has moved in your life. Yes, God has forgiven you. But if you share your story, shame begins to come up because, listen, we know what we did. So if I don't tell my story, I don't have to worry about the shame of yesterday. Can I tell you this morning, the enemy has convinced people that if others know what they did, that, that, that they'll be looked at differently. It is a lie of the enemy. He is trying to shut your story down because he knows your story is what's going to connect you to people that will connect them to God. So he's shutting your story down so he can shut you up to stop God from moving. It's a tool. It's a weapon that the enemy is using. Bitterness and shame. Say, well, pastor, you don't know what I did. Do I know what God forgave you of? That's what matters. You don't know where I've been. Do I know where God's taking you? That's what matters. Do you know about my past? Do you know about your future? That's what matters. Shame and bitterness. Somebody say shame and bitterness. God wants to use our story to reach others. How many believe that this morning? Half of you, amen. God wants to use your story. You say, but I've not ever done anything special. It's not about you. We've talked about this. Sharing your story is not about you. It's about him. Because what you may not seem like is a big deal to somebody else may be exactly what they need to connect and realize that if you got saved, if you got grace, if you got mercy, they can get it too. So if the enemy can keep, if he cannot keep us from having a relationship with Jesus, he will shut our stories down or try to with bitterness and shame. Now, I've already seen some of y'all go like this. We ain't going there, Pastor. We ain't, we ain't doing this. 
I'm going to tell you, I'm coming right at you this morning. And I'm not coming at you and me. I'm coming at you through the power of the Holy Spirit today. Because God is ready to destroy the bitterness and the shame that is in your life today. You say, you're pretty bold. I'm not bold in me. Listen, I'm an introvert. I'd much rather not preach this type of stuff. But I'm going to tell you that if God's in it, that's what I want you to hear. While we don't have time today, we do, but I promise you we wouldn't do three hours. To dissect the entire story of Job, I do want to say that if we can push through and break through the bitterness, if we can get through the trauma, if we can go through the hurt and the pain and through the ugly and through the nightmare that some of your stories have been, please understand, I know we've put some stories up on the board, and you say, Pastor, you can never put my story on the board because I've been abused, I've been rejected, I've been treated poorly by my family, I've been, I understand we can't put everybody's story on a board like this, but God has given you that story so your story is able to reach somebody to change the world that you live in. If you can through the bitterness, if we can get through the trauma, if we can get through the hurt, if we can get through the nightmare that your story may have been and realize that yes, you had to go through it, but that God is the one that delivered you out of it. Can I tell you, we're going to have an ending like Job. We're going to have an ending like Job. Job, in the middle of it, blessed God. Say, well, Job's a better man than me. Nope, he made a decision. It starts with the decision. I said it starts with the decision. You can either look at your hurt and look at your bitterness and look at your pain and look at your problems and choose to be quiet, or you can bless God in spite of what has happened in your life. The Bible says that God, in chapter 42 and 12 of Job, God blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. God blessed the latter end of Job more than his beginning. The end of his life was more blessed than the beginning that we read about, that all of you said, yeah, that's good. In fact, if you look at it, it was double. Double what he started with. Somebody say double. I've heard this before. I'm going to just say it. Somebody say double for your trouble. There's, that, that sounds really, 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 really good. But can I tell you, living in bitterness and shame, you're never going to see double for your trouble.
I want you to know today, God did not bless Job so that he could walk around and go, look at me. Remember the 7,000 camels? 14 grand right here, 14 camels rolling. He didn't do that. He didn't do that. He didn't bless him so he could be like, remember Job and all that money? Dude is loaded now. No, he didn't do that for that. God didn't bless Job so that everybody could be like, whoo, Job is the man. God blessed Job because he knew Job would bless him. Hear me today. God wants to bless you, but he ain't going to bless you because you're going to waste it on yourself. God wants to bless you, not so you can waste it on yourself and say, look at me. But God wants to bless you so that he can see, so others can see him in your story. We don't look today at Job and go, man, look at what Job did. Yes, he blessed God. But we're all called, everything that has breath, let it praise the Lord. We're all called to bless him. We don't say, look at Job. We say, look at God in Job. And in our lives, I don't want people to say, look at him or look at her. I want them to say, look at the God that's in him or her. Today, I want to tell you, you may be in the middle of the worst days of your life. But God is about ready to bring the best in your situation. Hear me. I'm not talking about name it, claim it, tomorrow, tomorrow, some sweet day. I'm talking about when you choose to break over the bitterness, to shatter, to shatter the shame, that God is about ready to bring the best into your life. It may not happen today. It may not happen tomorrow. Listen, Job went chapter 1. He was blessed all the way through 42 before God did something. I don't know how it's going to take you to get from chapter 1 to chapter 42, but I'm convinced if you make it to 42, God is going to bless you double for what you've been going through. Some of y'all stuck in chapter 20, decided to cross your arms. Say, I'm mad at God. I'm tired of this mess. God would not do this to me. Bless him. As I was preparing this message, and I want you to understand, this isn't because Pastor Steve got all hyped up at a conference. I done wrote this. I told you this was almost a week ago. God said this. He wants to break the bitterness in you. He wants to turn the bitterness in your life into a blessing. You say, well, I, I, I don't think that's going to happen. You are absolutely right. It won't. Because he won't take what you're not willing to give. 
He won't, he won't release a breakthrough in your life until you choose to want to be released. He's about to shatter the shame that's in your life and turn that into a shout. Because the opposite of shame is a shout. What is shame? It's being ashamed. It's being quiet. It's not wanting to talk about it. It's not wanting to. God is going to change your shame into a shout. So that you are not embarrassed anymore about what God has done in your life. You're going to shout about what God has done in your life. The enemy is going uh, mm, Pastor Shaq, can you come and get that thing, please? Uh, I, 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 I was, I, I'm trying this morning. I don't know, maybe you're not near as excited as I am. But can you understand today? What God is able to do through people that are broken from their bitterness and shattered from their shame. And do you understand what God's able to do? He's able to affect the world around you. He's able to change the people around you. He's able to help the people around you. This morning... Somebody just said, uh-oh. 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 Somebody say, uh-oh. Come on, somebody say, uh-oh. That's exactly what the devil's thinking right now. He ain't thinking about me with a hammer. He's thinking about God getting ready to hammer what's in your life to set you free. Because he knows once you get free, you're about to change your world. He knows once you get free, he's about to. Hmm. Now there's, there's, there's something here today. Something here I want to show you. Shame. Some of y'all. Am I saying y'all a lot? I went to Tennessee for like four days. Good Lord. Uh, some of you, when you look in the mirror, you see the shame. Because you know what you've been through. You know what you did. You know where you've been. And this morning... We're going to find out if it's glass or plastic. I'm praying it's glass because if it's plastic, this isn't going to look very good. We're going to pray. You think it's plastic? I know we've spent like $10 on it. I know. God's about ready to shatter your shame. But hear me this morning. Hear me. I say, yes, Lord. Shatter the shame. Get it. Yeah, God. And he said, but you tell them this. 
The only way that shame's ever going to hurt them again is if they choose to pick up the pieces that I have shattered. This morning, I'm telling you, once God shatters it, don't go back and pick it up again. This morning, God's about ready to break some bitterness. God is about ready to shatter some shame. And God's going to turn and move in your situation this morning. Sorry, Miss Debbie. We get a vacuum later. God is about ready to shatter your shame and break your bitterness. And not only that, God is going to take your silence that you couldn't share your story. And he's going to give you a boldness to share the story of what God has done in your life. I, listen, you better come up here. You all better get up here. Hurry. Hear me today. The rest of your story, somebody say the rest of your story. The rest of your story is about to be the best of your story. I said the rest of your story is about to be the best of your story. I said the rest of your story is about to be the best of your story. Why? Because God is about to move. God's about to move. You may have lived a life of devastation. You may have lived a life of addiction. You may have lived a life of trauma and drama and pain. But listen to me. Do not whine and cry and get bitter. But in the name of Jesus, get better. It's not time to be ashamed of your past. It is about to start telling people about a God that will change your brokenness and turn it around for his good. Oh, help me, Jesus. Help me, Jesus. My God. Psalm 71, 14 says, But I will hope continually and yet praise thee more and more. I refuse to allow the enemy to shut down my story. I said I refuse to allow the enemy to shut down my story. You may not see it, but God is going to use the story to turn people's lives around for time and eternity. You may not see it quite yet, but God's going to do it. I refuse to whine and get bitter. I'm going to praise God and I'm going to get blessed. I refuse to be shackled in my shame. I'm going to shatter the shame with a shout today. I, I don't know about you. I'm going to tell you, listen to me. Listen this morning. The devil should have taken you out when he could have. I, I said the devil should have taken you out when he thought he should have. Because hear me, there is no way in this world that I am going to turn back from what God has done now. I have been turned around. My life has been changed. I'm at a crossroads. I said I'm at a crossroads this morning. 
I'm at a crossroads if I'm going to stay bitter or I'm going to get better. I'm at a crossroads if I'm going to be ashamed or I'm going to shout. I'm at a crossroads this morning whether I'm going to be silent or whether I'm going to start telling God about what and telling others about what God's done in my life. I'm at a crossroads today. And my friend, you're at a crossroads this morning. Stand all over this house. This is not an emotionalism, try to get you hyped up type of message. This is simply this. This is God trying to help you understand he is ready to bring through bitterness this morning. He is ready to shatter shame today and he is ready to open your mouth and stop the silence that's been going on. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. In Jesus' name. Right now, it's just, I, I, I ain't even gonna count to three. I'm just going to say this. Some of you may sit. Some of you may stay. Somebody may not come. But I believe this morning, if you're tired of living in bitterness, if you're tired of the devil throwing your shame at you all the time, if you're tired of being silent, not being able to share your story, we're going to pray for you today. If two agree, touching and agreeing on any one thing, it's going to be done. But can I tell you this morning, God the Father is in the house to change your life. Not because some preacher going to pray for you. Not because people are going to be up here with you. God is getting ready to change your life. I'm just going to say one. Because some of you, if you have to think about it, you don't want to be free. If you don't want, if, you, if you're like, I, I, I don't, I'm not, I'm, no. If, you, if, if you're ready, if you're ready, if you're ready, I want you to come. One, go. Come on. You are way maker, miracle worker, promise keeper, light in the, in the name of Jesus. My God, that oh, is who you are. You Come on, come on, push through, push through, push through, push through. Come on, come on, come on. tell you this right now, and, and I, 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 I'm going to be very, very honest. I, if you're in this altar, I want you to slip up your hands, but I'm going to be very honest today. I don't know if I'm going to pray for every single person, but it doesn't matter. God is the one that does the breaking. Here's what I'm going to say. If you if you're sitting out there, and it's fine, I want you to stretch your hand this way, but hear me this morning. I don't want anybody coming after I start praying. I don't want you to come after a delayed response this morning i can look at about three people that are standing in these seats right now three people at least i'm telling you i can look at you in the eye and tell you i know you should be down here right now not because i know you but because god is calling you out this morning so here's the deal listen i'm not gonna come to you i'm not gonna walk to you but i am gonna say this I'm going to say this, don't come, don't come, don't come after we start praying. In Jesus' name, somebody better get some Kleenexes. If you're sitting there, I want you to pray. I want you to pray. Come on. Pray, 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 pray. Come on. 